Hi, Emerald listeners. Welcome to How It's Reported, where we talk about the process behind the cover stories. I'm Jamie, your host for today. I'm the podcast desk editor, and with me, I have Aaron Heisen. Uh, Aaron, could you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, your what you do at the Emerald, what you're doing at UO, your pronouns if you're comfortable with that, all of that good stuff. Yeah, I'm Aaron Heisen. Um, I use he him pronouns. I recently got promoted to the sports desk editor uh, position at the Daily Emerald, and I've been working at the Emerald since um, January of 2021, my sophomore year, um, writing features, uh, breaking news stories, profiles, all that stuff, game coverage for the sports desk. Awesome. Um, Yeah, what do you do at UO? Um, Are you a student or? Yeah, I'm a a journalism student. Sick, nice, nice. All right, um, let's jump straight into it. Uh, so back in July, you wrote the cover story for the print edition. Um, I have it linked in the description. Listeners, uh, if you haven't read it yet, you should because it's very, very well written. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the only thing that we'll be talking about. Um, so go ahead and uh, hop onto that if you haven't already. Uh, but yeah, let's just talk about it, Aaron. Um, could you kind of walk through your process for writing this story? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you very much for uh, those compliments on my story. So uh, for the World Championships, which happened in Eugene in in middle of July, um, the Emerald Sports Desk had to put out a, a few editions um, for the Worlds. And I was interviewing a former athlete who competed when he went to Oregon. His name is Kyrie King. And he qualified for the world championships because he got sixth place, I believe, at the U.S. trials. And the runner who was ahead of him, who is actually an Oregon student, his name is Makai Williams, he dropped out and that gave King the spot. So I interviewed Kyrie King and I was going to do a feature on him because he's a former Oregon uh, runner coming back to run in Eugene for the world championships. And as we were doing the interview, for the feature, he began talking about how a lot of the meets that he competes that are outside of America, it's very tough for his family to watch um, his meets because of you know very expensive prices on Runner's Page, which, which is the main website for watching and streaming um, these meets. You know, it's a hundred dollars or more for each year, depending on what premiums you want to pay for, and that's a lot for for his family. So it was tough for them. And he went into talking about how he feels that um, a lot of athletes like him aren't appreciated as much as they should be or as much as they are in other sports that occur in America. And so I was like, okay, this seems like a more intriguing story and more relevant when there's a, you know, big worldwide meet happening in my city or in the city that I, I cover. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to try and focus on this. There's another Oregon or former Oregon athlete named Alicia Johnson who uh, talked about how it's tough to run without a sponsorship because that's one of the best ways to make money when you're in this. And a a lot of these meets, you have to pay to go to these meets so those sponsors can help um, take the the burden of paying for that meet off of an athlete. But when she doesn't have a sponsor, that can be really tough. Um, So I I talked to her, I used quotes from her about how uh, that sponsorship is tough, not having that sponsorship is tough. And then I talked to... Uh, Jeff Oliver, who's, you know, the head of logistics 
and does a lot for meets and he's seen a different perspective than King and Alicia Johnson have seen. So just got a lot of different perspectives to kind of like paint the picture of how it can be tough to be, uh, you know, a track and field athlete and how it can be un- feel to be unappreciated. Yeah. Yeah. When I was reading through the article, I didn't realize like how, how challenging it is to be an athlete, especially if you don't have those sponsorships and like, if you want people to like watch you outside of the U S it is really difficult um I wanted to I was curious like because I I know nothing about like sports reporting or sports journalism so how do you get in touch with these athletes like how do you find like how do you reach out to them for these interviews yeah it's mostly through for professional athletes through Twitter um for collegiate athletes we have to go through uh like sports information directors because they're amateurs um for professionals like King and Johnson uh, I, 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 I went through his agent or you can, um, send them a direct message on Twitter, uh, or we have access when we cover one of their meets before the world championships, for example, they both competed in the Prefontaine classic and the U S trials, um, to be able to compete in the world championships. So I interviewed Kyrie King about the story when he was coming through the mix zone at the U S trials. Um, yeah, that's how it basically works really cool um were there any challenges that you encountered when writing this story that kind of differed from um like other times you've written stories from the emerald it was kind of like my first uh issue story if that makes sense most of my stories up to this point have been painting a picture of a person if you've seen any of my other cover stories it's like one that i wrote for the spring football game was on christian gonzalez who's a new transfer cornerback um, and it was talking about uh, how he's always had a gift for football. When he was five years old, he could basically read a defense. And it was describing his journey of, you know, always playing football as a quarterback and, and then using those skills to be a cornerback, which is a completely different position. And um, it was just painting his picture. I caught, talked to his mom. I talked to some players about him. And this was different because – I use the quotes of the players to talk about or of the athletes to talk about a situation they were passionate about, you know, not being appreciated in their own sport rather than uh, painting the picture of who they are as a person. Um, So that was the difference. And it was tough to do that because a lot of the time I'm painting the picture of the person based off the quotes that I get and based off um, the stories and the narratives that I hear about the, the the person that I'm profiling. But in this aspect, you're writing using the uh, opinions of these athletes and then you're using facts that you find and research that you do to back up their opinions and their quotes. Yeah. For me personally, I don't really know anything about like covering sports or doing profiles. So um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it that a, that a lot of people aren't really aware of. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask like, is there like one form of reporting over another that you prefer or you want to just kind of talk about that? Yeah, I, I can, I can talk about that. So, uh, I mean, you're saying not just based off the story that I wrote just in terms of, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. I really like, um, doing the features. The features are my favorite stuff because it's like, you get to learn about the person. You get to tell their story. Uh, you get to talk to people who know them and who know their story. So that is definitely my favorite. Um, and I also really got to improve my game coverage when I was 
um, writing at the World Championships and kind of wrote game coverage or event coverage stories in a feature style, which was something that I really enjoyed because I was kind of, instead of writing the event, I was writing like the story of the event, if that makes sense. Uh, so for my two of my favorite pieces that I wrote during the World Championships were, one was on Melissa Jefferson, who is a 20-year-old runner uh, who runs for the United States, and she finished eighth in the final for the 100 meter, but I was assigned to writing about her. So even regardless of her finish, I was going to write about her. And I, that day, you know, talked to her coach who was there with her, talked to um, her father and learned a story about how she helped her father go through a stem cell transplant. And I learned that story and told that story while she was competing. And the story about her life acted as the event coverage. And it had, it like intertwined her finishing eighth and, you know, making the, the final as such a young athlete with also talking about her story, helping her father out. Um, and then the other story was about this British runner who won um, the 1500 meter race and his father was the announcer of the race. And so telling that story of their relationship, but also talking about how he won the race. So I just kind of like to find the story of the athlete or the story within the event and kind of intertwine those two together. And I really improved on that aspect during the world championships. Yeah. And I guess building off of that, like what, like on top of that, like what were some really cool opportunities um, reporting for worlds? Like, like that you, that you had reporting for, for, on, on, on worlds. Um. Of course. Yeah. So we got to go to worlds every single day. Um, it was 10 day process. And I tried to write at least one article a day. Um, you know, you, we had access to basically every athlete who competed in the final events and, um, you know, the opportunities were pretty much like you either assigned to an event or athlete, or if that's not the case, you can be reactionary and write based off of what happens. And I like the latter option because it's really exciting to watch the race and to be like, wow, that was really interesting. That that race was really fun to watch. I want to get the story on that. So just being at the event, and that's something that we haven't had a lot with you know, our college experiences going through a pandemic where a lot of it is remote and you're covering events from home, from your couch. It's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. You're not able to get the full story because you're not feeling the crowd. You're not, you know, feeling the atmosphere. But when I'm at the worlds, you hear the roar of, of Hayward field as the runners are coming down the final stretch to the finish line. And based off some of those close finishes, I like to get the story, you know, how did this athlete work his or her way or their way up to get to this, to this uh, podium. And those are the stories that I like and being there on the scene having that access was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I want to touch on like, how did the pandemic really affect your reporting, especially for sports? Um, Cause I know that especially in like 2021 and 2020 um, athletes were to an extent still competing, but like, how were you able to cover those games and, and, and events? Yeah. I always remember the first, the first uh, game I ever covered was a uh, women's t tennis match. And I did it from my grandparents, like the couch in my grandparents' house. And I was watching the game streamed on like Oregon, uh, net one of the Oregon sports networks and trying to write the gamer like that. They have like post conferences after where you're on Zoom and the athletes are on Zoom and you can ask questions that way. And I 
could barely keep my eyes awake during the game. Not because it was the sport was boring. I was enjoying the, the sport just because I'm. It's trying to like do the job like ha, like not as you you've done it in the past. Like it's just it's not the same because you're trying to watch and cover something that you're not even at. So that that was really tough to watch it. And then the other thing was I would go to I, I covered a lot of women's basketball games during my during the pandemic and and women's volleyball and there would be no fans in the arena and it would be just the media the media would be sitting six feet apart from one another with masks on and sometimes even with um you know walls between us so there was very little interaction between the media so it's just like I'm there by myself too and I think that takes away from the story because a lot of the story is you know the crowd can kind of tell you when the most exciting thing is happening. And then if you're like taking notes on something else and you hear it, it perks you up and you're like, okay, I got to pay attention. This is a turning point in the game, but it's much tougher to find those turning points when there's no crowd and there's no other people cheering. It's, it's really on you to understand the sport and know what, what changed the game here or there. And then afterwards you can't really um, ask for, good follow-up questions because if when you're on zoom it's um in a press conference it's raise your hand please and the sid like i was mentioning earlier they call on you and you can't ask a follow-up because someone else has their hand raised after you so that's tough as, as well so those are some of the challenges you experience or we experience with the pandemic all right um Let's see, where were we? We were talking about, yeah, the impact of COVID on reporting and everything. And I guess I just wanted to take like another step back because for me um, personally, like I don't know a lot about like sports journalism. I don't really know like what really goes into it. Um, and I just kind of wanted to know like from your perspective, what is important about sports journalism to you? Mm, that's a great question, Jamie. I think the most important part is about sports journalism is telling the athlete's story. I think that a lot of uh, the media gets grouped into the same group of, um, you know, wanting to break the news as fast as possible so that their name is on the piece of news that comes out, you know, as quick as it possibly can. While that's part of the job, and that will probably be part of my job in the future, um, and it is somewhat now, that's not what I want to be known for or known as. I would love to just tell the story of athletes that I find very interesting that other people, that I think other people would find interesting. That's what I love to do. Um, and that's what I think is the most important thing about sports journalism. Apart from that, I think that I grew up, uh, you know, playing baseball and basketball primarily and would always go back to my you know, parents, if they weren't at the game or my grandparents, if they weren't at the game, they would ask me how it went. And I would be able to basically relay what the most important plays were play by play. And I always remember that. And while that's not what I try to do exactly in my game coverage, because that's pretty readily available. You can get the play by play anywhere of any game, but I just feel like I have a knack for remembering the most important parts and like being able, being able to tell that story. So that's what my favorite parts of. And I think that's what's most important about sports journalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, like what opportunities has the Emerald kind of opened up for you to, to be able to do this? 
the Emerald lets me uh, have a platform to write. And the Emerald, I always, I always uh, told the editor who was um, who graduated this past uh, spring, or I guess he's graduating in the fall, but he's not working the Emerald anymore. Uh, I always told him that I wish I could like write for the Emerald as my full time job and get paid for it, like as a full time uh, employee. But that's not possible because it's a student organization. But anyways, I just think that because I have so much freedom on this platform, it's like really you like it really is you get in what you put or you get out what you put in uh, i always tell that when i'm when i'm trying to hire new people uh and i feel like i've done the best job i can at putting a lot of time into the stories that i want to tell and then using the platform that i have to tell them uh so yeah i, I think the emerald is great it gives you opportunities to go to basically any um uh, sporting sport event that you want to go to. If you show the, the process that we have at the sports desk is when you first come on and you're younger, if you show, you know, dedication and hard work in covering sports that may not be as popular, but maybe you like it more. You know, I started out covering a lot of women's volleyball and I went to basically every game and covered those. And I showed that I was, you know, really into that and I could do it well. And maybe at first that sport isn't your favorite, but it, you really fall in love with covering those players. It doesn't really matter what sport it is at the end of the day. And once you show that, and if you want to cover football, once you've shown that hard work, you get rewarded. I'm going to be covering, you know, the football game in Atlanta on, on September 3rd. So, you know, it just shows that you really get out what you put in. And I think that the Emerald is a great platform that we have here at Oregon. Yeah. What's been the most rewarding part of writing for the emerald or um or i guess like if we bring it back to the story like what's been the most rewarding part about writing this specific cover story Ooh, this specific cover story um i think two two things mainly just uh getting to know Kyrie king on a deeper level one of the lines that uh i have in the story is about like the red stripe that he has in his hair um which is uh, in, 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 I guess it's, I, don't, I said in the story that it was uh, a tribute to, but I don't know if that was the right word. I just didn't, I didn't really know the perfect word for it. But basically it was uh, the same stripe as this fight, this Brazilian UFC fighter named Deveson Figueiredo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that he has in his hair. And that was one of King's favorite UFC fighters. Um, and so that's why he has his hair like that. And it was also, um, the same as I'm blanking on the name right now, but the same as uh, one of the characters in Dragon Ball Z, which was King's favorite show. So it was just showing his personality in his hair. And I don't think that I would have been able to get that if I were asking him about like, oh, how did your race go? And that was it. Like if I'm just asking about who he is as an athlete and I'm just trying to get that information, it's not going to work. I think that one of the best things that we have and one of the, you know, best best things about the Emerald being a student organization is that we can say we are students. I think people open up more to students rather than reporters, if that makes sense. And so I think it was really rewarding when he would finish his race and after his race, he would come into the media zone. And I was, even though he hadn't won and um, in between the two races, cause you race in a semifinal and a final, most of the runners don't interview then, but he saw me, he recognized me and he was like, 
yes, I'll answer your questions because I had already established that relationship with him. And then I got better answers with him. And so just establishing that relationship and getting to know him and then asking him if he would read the story when it was published on Twitter and him responding and saying that he saw it around campus when he was here for the world championships, just establishing that relationship was very rewarding to me. And then the guy who I, the story that I have in the lead about Jesse Williams and the story from Jeff Oliver, after interviewing Jeff Oliver, he is the guy who has connections in the in that sports journalism world because he's worked in it for so long. And just being able to establish myself as someone who could get one of those connections and use that to get a job in the future. So those were two of the most rewarding factors from that process. Yeah. And then I guess just like speaking more broadly, like what has been like one of the most rewarding things about working at the Emerald and like writing for writing about sports and all that? I remember I wrote this one story about um, defensive. He's a defensive end on Oregon. His name is Braden Swinson. Um, and, you know, now I see him around campus and, you know, he waves at me. He recognizes me. I see him out, you know, at night and he says, what's up to me? It's really cool to see that. And. Um, I wrote a story about, you know, he, when he was younger, he and his mother got into a car accident and he got, he sustained some injuries and had to overcome those injuries to continue playing football. Um, and to, he at the time played baseball too. So to continue playing baseball too. And I wrote that story and it was on the cover and he was telling me how, when he saw that cover, when he walked out of football practice and saw that cover, it was just made his day. So just to, to write that story and to have him be so happy that it came out well, like that was so, that, that's what is amazing for me. Um, and I think that now the other thing broadly about, you know, that's rewarding about working at the Emerald, being an editor now, and now that the world championships are done, I've had some time to work with some of the writers a little bit more hands-on. It's been over the phone because I'm not in Eugene right now, but uh, I talked to two of them about their stories and I can just see their improvement in their writing, uh, and and that's what I I, I really want to get out of the editing position is sustaining relationships with other writers at the Emerald and helping their writing improve. Yeah, yeah, I will say like as an editor on this end too, it's one of the coolest things to just be able to like work with your peers, but then to also like help them and teach them and see the work that you know they all produce, and that's. For me, like when one of the coolest parts about running this podcast is to also just like see what everybody else on the Emerald is doing and to like kind of hear their thoughts about like journalism and like why they do what they do and the story, like why they tell the stories that they tell. What have been some of the coolest stories that you've got? Um, I there have been some really interesting ones. Like for for me, I was the interim editor last summer and then I am now just like the editor full time. Um, starting this summer and so I've really only done like summer like print edition stories or like if somebody did like a a really like interesting um, news story then I would have like reached out and talked to them so I think one to me that really stood out was one that I did with Nika who just graduated this last year um, about like student businesses and just really being able to dive into like the process of finding people and letting them like tell their stories um, and just hearing about all of that Um, because on my end I do a lot of podcasts I do a lot of audio editing but I don't get to really do a lot of journalism or I didn't really get that opportunity to do a lot of journalism just because um, of the way that like the pandemic worked and like I'm not a journalism student Um, so just like being able to hear what other people were doing and like 
the different there's just just a variety of stories that people told it really just um was the coolest thing in the world to me and still is the coolest thing yeah all right I just have one more question for you and that's um if is there anything else that you want people to know about like journalism being a, a student journalist um or just like anything about like sports journalism in general uh i think i want people to know that student journalists care about their subjects i guess i don't even want to call them subjects about the people that they write about um because i think i started writing um at the beginning of the pandemic that's when i really started understanding that i really liked writing because that's what i me and my friends were doing that on this like multimedia platform that we started because we were bored basically um and i was like you know i'm really passionate about this and i've met a lot of i've met a good amount of people everybody that i met at the emerald is passionate maybe not as passionate as i am just because i'm very passionate but has a very high level of passion for writing and for editing and for podcasting as yourself everybody i've met at the emerald is passionate and that's the the basis of what they do because like I said earlier, there's not much you know money put into the Emerald for the students. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the way it is. Um, but I have so much passion for writing. And I just want that everybody to know that that passion comes out in the way that my writing is. And like, that's just my passion is that I care for the people that I write about. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and do this um, podcast with me. Um... Where, where can people find you on um, on socials? Yeah, um, Twitter. My Twitter is Aaron Heisen. Uh, it's A-A-R-O-N-H-E-I-S-E-N. And um, same, same for Instagram. Uh, and yeah, I just hope you guys read my stories on, on the Emerald. I, I think that there'll be some more good stuff uh, this year as I'm gonna have more opportunity to write about football. I think that, you know, game coverage of the Oregon Georgia game in early September will be really cool. So I hope you guys can tune into that. Thank you so much. This is it Emerald listeners. Uh, take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.